watches a scary movie. My name is T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night, the video version on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. That's where you can see the video version. It goes up every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And of course, you can find the audio-only version on all your favorite podcasting platforms. We're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, we're on Amazon Music. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcast, you can find us there too. The audio version goes up half an hour early Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So check out the show, whatever way that you're uh, watching or listening to it. Uh, make sure to subscribe, like, and comment as well. I love talking to y'all. I love having those interesting conversations, which reminds me to let you know about the Facebook group as well. Go to facebook.com slash group slash T scary movie. Again, facebook.com slash group slash T scary movie, where you can engage some fun conversations with me as well as other viewers and listeners of the show as well too. Uh, sometimes we'll put written reviews up there. Sometimes we'll just have some fun conversation. And of course, you can find out when we're doing our watch parties and how to access those, what we're watching, all that kind of good stuff. Because every Wednesday night, uh, before and after the show, we usually watch at least one or sometimes two of the movies that I'm reviewing on the show. So if you want to find out about that and join us in the Discord, get over to the Facebook group and uh, you can get all the information that you need. So what are we talking about today? Uh, Review-wise, I'm going to be reviewing uh, The Descent and The Cave, two 2005 cave-dwelling monster movies, which as I was re-watching these in the last few days and going over like the background information a little bit more, did not realize both of these were in 05. Only because I absolutely remember seeing The Descent in theaters. The Cave I did not see in theaters. Cave I saw maybe like a little bit later, like either late 2005 or like early 2006. Did not realize both of those came out in the same year. And uh, it's interesting because I, I don't feel like obviously, like I didn't look at the release dates. I don't think The Descent had anything to do with The Cave not really performing well in theaters or anything. But that is interesting to get two movies of the same type. And one's not a parody. Like how we always get like films by The Asylum. The Asylum's that company that goes and make like, uh, the, it's not like a parody movie. But they make a movie that's basically taking the premise of like a big blockbuster. And they put it out themselves. Like when Transformers came out, they put out Transmorphers. Uh, when I Am Legend came out, they did I Am Omega. Um... And there's another one, like uh, Vampires vs. Werewolves or some shit like that that they did that it's like, oh my god, what are you actually doing? Um, and so, like, The Cave is not even like that. They're two entirely different stories. They just happen to have a lot of similarities to them. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about both of those tonight. But we got so much other good stuff to talk about tonight as well, too. And I actually wanted to start off by discussing a movie that I got to go see this past Saturday with my wife. We went and saw... Morbius, the latest Sony Pictures, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Sp Sony Spider-Man Universe, I think is what it's called. Um, basically, it's a movie that's produced in conjunction with Marvel, but it's under really the Sony banner, so you don't get the same quality of writing, you don't get the same quality of anything with it. It just happens to be like, hey, you exist technically in the universe because Marvel allows it, but yeah. Um, so the thing about Morbius is that I don't think any...
anybody was actually uh, really like gonna like sit there and say we thought this movie was gonna be incredible. If you did, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. It's good to have hope, and you know, comic book movies are a nice little like step back from anything else. You don't have to be pretentious about comic book movies. I feel like it doesn't matter how good or how bad they are. You're just there really to have fun. You want to see something that you read or watched or listened to as a kid now being realized in live action form on the big screen. And there's nothing at all wrong with that. So I'm not mad at anybody who was looking forward to see Morbius. But so much about this movie pretty much told us this was not going to be good. You know, with Venom, it's not so much Sony got lucky. Sony had a lot of factors involved with Venom that were always going to make it work out. Tom Hardy being a big one. Everybody loves Tom Hardy. You're going to go see a Tom Hardy movie. Venom, the character itself, being another big one that a lot of people know about Venom. A lot, a lot, a lot. Even casual Marvel or Spider-Man fans know about Venom. Um, and especially after Spider-Man 3, which I enjoy, you know, with Topher Grace as Venom. Um, uh, fans are, have definitely been clamoring to see a new iteration of the character. Uh, one that will work much, much better opposite Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield. And, you know, that film just worked out a bit better. I said years back when the first one came out and even with Let There Be Carnage that just came out this past fall. Um, I had mentioned that Venom very much felt like one of those early 2000s fox era like comic book movies like a daredevil or a punisher or a fantastic four or a ghost rider to where there's not actually anything wrong with these movies so to speak there really isn't um we just didn't know anything better at that time like at that time like our our top comic book movies like blade was up there and blade was amazing blade is night and day different from those early 2000 fox movies um but we had blade we had Ninja Turtles, and we had Superman the movie. We had some of the Batman movies were on that stage. But as a whole, um, those early 2000s comic book movies were very cheesy. They were very popcorn-ass. There wasn't a lot of depth to them. And again, nothing wrong with that because I enjoy all those movies. I really enjoy all those movies a lot. But that's what Venom felt like. And on one aspect, I do think that really worked because we have this big spectacle in MCU films. And even in uh, Sony and Marvel Spider-Man films, like there's just these big, big, big spectacle spectacles coming out that even like when you're introducing new characters in the MCU, it doesn't feel small like Shang-Chi or, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Eternals or anything. I know people hate the Eternals, but it still feels like this big spectacle, whereas Venom felt very, very much down to earth. Like it kind of almost took the like to me, it felt like it took the premise of what they were trying to get across in Spider-Man Homecoming, which is that Peter Parker wants to just be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And that's what like Venom kind of felt like. And Morbius definitely does a lot of the same, but it just doesn't work out as well. And there is stuff to like about it. I absolutely love the design of the vampires in Morbius. Uh, they look cool as shit. Um, I love the way that Morbius looks. I love the way that Milo looks in it. Uh, like the vampires in Morbius look actually fantastic. That's one of the better things about it. And that's something they absolutely had to get right as well. Because if you've seen the images of Morbius from the comics, I think there were some high expectations on what they would show on screen. And we already saw it in the trailer and everything. But it was kind of cool to see the design of the vampires themselves. Now, outside of that, not much really else to go off of. Um, I enjoyed the idea that 
given everything we've experienced with the MCU and with Sony's universe, they didn't try to go for like actual vampires. They, you know, went with a whole scientific route with it. And I did enjoy that because they were able to make a few jokes about how, you know, sunlight and all this other stuff isn't really going to affect them. Like he's, you know, not that kind of vampire. And I thought that was good. I wish the film could have kept up with it though, but it did give me hope that, you know, whether it's Sony, whether it's Marvel, we might be able to see way more intense imagery, especially in the horror field when it comes to these movies coming out. Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness is out in uh, less than a month, or it's either less than a month or it's like right, right, like a month away exactly. Um, Sam Raimi's behind it, who Sam Raimi, we should know from uh, things like The Evil Dead and things like Spider-Man. Uh, Sam Raimi is doing Doctor Strange 2. And there have been so many parallels right now to the Evil Dead with this, including a fan poster that was just released that we're all really, really hoping that this is going to turn out to be the horror gem that the MCU desperately needs for a lot of us. So um, I don't know if I can recommend any of y'all to go and see Morbius. That post credit scene is probably already on uh, YouTube as it is right now. And that's really all that's worth it at the end of the day. Um, it also bummed me out seeing Resident Evil alumni uh jared harris not get much of a role in this film jared harris is absolutely incredible and he's a part of the morbius cast but his character plays absolutely zero importance he's not doing anything he's not offering anything they don't give him anything to do in this movie so uh, that was a big big bummer with that but again it'll be on streaming within like a month i have to imagine if that so y'all get a chance to check it out yourselves uh but Again, there are some good things. Again, the vampire design looks great. My, Matt Smith is fantastic in it as well. I think it's it's great that guys like him and um, David Tennant and Chris Eccleson, you know, former doctors from the sh uh, Doctor Who, get to play a lot of prominent bad guys since leaving that role. Uh, that'd be cool to see Jodie Whittaker kind of take that up as well. Even Peter Capaldi did it with uh, Suicide Squad. So uh, maybe that's the thing. You leave Doctor Who and you go play like a really, really good villain. Uh, but I digress. That's enough there about Morbius. I want to jump right into it. We're going to start with discussing the cave. So the premise of the cave, because I'm sure a lot of you actually probably haven't checked this one out, just because, again, um, when you come out the exact same year as a film like The Descent, you're probably not going to get as much attention as you want with your movie. Monica. Uh so, The Cave tells the story about uh, a group of Soviet and British plunder, uh, plunderers. They're looking for treasure in this uh, cave system, in this abbey and church uh, located overseas uh, in Romania, I think is what it is. And there's a cave in. They all get trapped in this, uh, in this underground cave. And we're led to believe that there might be something inside the cave itself. Fast forward, you know, many, plenty of years later to where now a new team is investigating the same ruins, trying to find uh, information on what happened here years and years back. And they hire an American dive team to come and help them explore these ruins and find out what's going on. And they soon find out that there's something else in this cave besides all of them. Now, the cave takes a very, uh, a very quick approach to get things started to where it's simple these uh this team is in this cave there are monsters in this cave and they have to get out um i love the idea the the idea here that they don't try to really uh 
like act like it's a curse or ghost or anything like that which it does work in some movies but they go a more straightforward approach with this one here and try to go i guess more of a real a realistic route with what's actually besieging this team of divers and explorers and i think that works out very well for them because it makes it more believable that after hundreds and hundreds of years this is the result of all of that at this point um, the cast includes Cole Hauser, Morris Chestnut, uh, Chestnut Piper Perabo, Lena Headey. Uh, it, it's actually a really, really good cast, and especially for being, uh, you know, set in 2005. This is actually a cast of uh, cast of people who Reaver uh, kind of at like the high point of a lot of stuff they were doing, or they're about to enter that. And the case of like Lena Headey, who was about to go on to go and do like uh, Terminator and Game of Thrones, uh, you know, she's about to have this really, really big breakout. Piper Perabo is about to get uh, Covert Affairs on USA. Um, Cole Hauser was kind of on a bit of a downturn there, but that's all right. Uh, but actually a really, really good cast of people in this film itself. And I think uh, one of the things that works really, really well about that cast too is that they, they, they fall into the tropes that a lot of horror movies that have to do with people stuck in confined spaces like this do, which is, you know, you have your expert who's going to be the guy or girl who knows more about what's going on than anybody else. They're the person you have to follow. They're the person you have to listen to if you want to make it out alive. And that very much falls onto Cole Hauser. And to an extent, uh, his his uh, character's brother, played by Eddie Cibrian, um, that role kind of goes to him as well, too. And that's kind of nice because Cole Hauser, uh, his character gets infected very early. And we could see he's slowly possibly starting to change into one of these creatures so it's an interesting dynamic with him kind of being like the you know we don't know is he good is he bad he's going to sabotage the group he's going to help the group out versus uh eddie cibrian's character who again he's the expert as well but he's 100 concerned about getting everybody out alive but he also doesn't want to betray his brother who the group is growing more and more and suspicious of with this infection now the creatures in this uh in this film they are very much i think what a lot of people are probably going to expect from a movie like this if you haven't seen like the descent before which we are going to talk about um i don't actually think that the creatures in in the descent are ones that a lot of people probably would have thought about prior to seeing that movie whereas something like what we see in the cave it makes sense um the creatures are very very much like the uh the monsters in uh in pitch black and I think for a while, I actually even compared this movie to Pitch Black and, you know, Cole Hauser's in it, of course. But um, I always thought this was kind of like Pitch Black, like underground, though, like it's Pitch Black back on Earth because, um, you know, there was a lot of parallels to the monsters in there and in Pitch Black. And I like I'm talking size wise, the way they kill, the way they fly, things like that are the comparisons. I realized that. You know, the monsters in Pitch Black are aliens, whereas the one in the cave are humans that have been affected by a parasite. So there is a very, very big difference. But something about those two movies uh, just really, really seemed uh, it, like seemed to match up for me. Uh, the idea as well that this team couldn't actually just wait around. And we always watch horror movies like this. And one of the first thoughts we might get is don't fucking go anywhere. Stay right where like you got trapped at. And eventually someone's going to show up and they're going to save your ass at that point. And I love the fact they make it very, very clear. Like, look, we don't have the time for that. It's 12 days. We're 12 days away from rescue. If we stay, we're dead. End of story. We have to find our own way out. 
I think that's fantastic because that's realistic and it gives them actually good reason for not staying where they are and to begin to get hunted by these creatures in the cave. And the creatures, really good idea they went with it. They didn't go for anything supernatural. The idea here is that this cave has a number of parasites in it and these parasites affect people differently. So these previous teams that have been down in this cave system before that got trapped there, you know, one by one, they were all infected by this parasite and the majority of them turned into like these large monstrous figures that uh, consume humans or whatever else is unlucky enough to end up down in this cave system. And they've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And that works out just fine because that means that basically anybody that shows up has the potential to be one of these creatures at that point. It also means that given uh, the little bit of information that we get over the course of this movie, we might see different designs of this creature. We don't know if uh, any everybody who gets infected, like innately, are you good? Innately, are you bad? Like, is, are you still in control of your own head with that? Because we see as Cole Hauser is infected throughout the film, uh, as his team grows le uh, less and less trusting with him, and he grows more and more suspicious, it's hard to tell which way he's going. You know, is he actually here to help his team get out of this jam? Or is he ultimately like trying to screw them over to get his own food supply for when he eventually turns? And I like that tension throughout the film because I do enjoy Cole Hauser. I actually do enjoy Cole Hauser a lot. I thought he was a great villain in uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. And he, you know, he's a great villain in Pitch Black. Uh, he's been great in a lot of things, honestly. So I really enjoyed him in this film. And I like that he actually gets to play a good guy. Because um, he, he's really only ever played a bad guy. Like, even in Pitch Black, it's not necessarily that he was a bad guy. It's like the circumstances around his character in Pitch Black forced him to do a lot of the bad things he was doing. Um, so this was nice to kind of actually, actually get to see him play like a bit of a hero role. Because he plays that really, really well. And the rest of the cast is just as good, too. Again, I mentioned uh, Piper Parabo, but she does an amazing job as climbing expert Charlie in this. She's very gun-ho. Uh, she's very uh, very integ uh, in integral to the group about getting them out of a lot of the jams they get into. And not to mention, she just really, really wants to help, you know, including a part to where they have to do some climbing to get to the only place that's going to be safe. And... Obviously, Cole Hauser's character knows that, you know, she and nobody else should really be leading anything. It should be him because he can sense these creatures and he doesn't want anybody else to get caught by it. And she's just so gung-ho to help. She just jumps on up to that wall and uh, madness ensues from there. And um, what's fantastic about it is that, you know, she's portrayed just as capable as everybody else, as she should be. Uh, because again, she's a better climber than almost everybody in that entire group. So I love the fact that the moment a monster shows up and she's on that wall climbing up, she's like, nah, fuck this. I got this. I'm going to take care of it. And, you know, she's jumping from one wall to the other wall. She's coming at him with a flamethrower. And Piper Parabo is just a badass in this movie. Now, the monsters themselves, I love the design of it. But I am, I am very much a practical effects kind of guy. And it was hard watching this, watching The Descent, and then remembering, man, The Descent does so good, which is practical effects in that movie. But with, uh, with The Cave, we're doing a lot of CGI, a lot of animation with it. And while the monsters do look good, um, you can't beat practical effects. 
uh later on as the as our group of uh protagonists start getting killed more and more by them and other in implements that the monsters employ uh that does make it a little bit more varied a little bit more interesting for sure but i do enjoy the movie i i really do enjoy the movie just because i don't need anything deeper going on um they don't try to actually make any kind of subplots going on that like oh um you know this character's mad at this character for this reason they got this beef in the past or anything and uh, a lot of films do that even the descent has some of that going on which we're going to talk about but the cave doesn't really want to choose to focus on that the cave very much is letting you know the purpose of this story the focus of the story is this group that is just stuck in this system with all these monsters and can they get out alive now if i have one complaint about this movie it's absolutely the ending 100 percent, it's the ending and that's because uh nothing in the film has suggested that anybody that gets infected is just going to become evil. The I like Cole Hauser, the whole thing about the movie that they're showing us is that he knows he's turning. Everybody else knows he's turning. The audience knows he's turning, obviously, but he's still fighting that. The fight is not his head. Like, oh my God, if I let it take over, I'm going to become this bad person. The fight is not his head. The fight is becoming one of those creatures. That is the fight there that he's having. So, not to throw like big big spoilers but we're past the 10 year rule but one of our characters uh it turns up at the end of the movie and it's surprise surprise this character is actually infected it kind of stunk a little bit just because uh then they go with the whole idea that oh yeah now i'm this bad person i'm gonna go out and do bad things because i'm affected by this parasite and that just didn't really line up with what the rest of the movie was doing so if i had one complaint about the cave that would definitely be it but check it out good movie honestly you can get it fairly cheap uh, cheap on streaming right now the cave definitely one y'all want to see and that brings me to talking a little bit here about blade trinity before we start talking the descent so after watching morbius i really felt a need to go back and watch the blade movies um i decided i wasn't gonna watch blade 2 because i watched blade 2 a lot that is a really really good movie um and it's it's strangely enough my what i think guillermo del toro's best film is um nightmare alley notwithstanding um but i decided to go back and watch the blade movies because something about morbius like i've already said like it echoed like a lot of the early 2000 uh comic book movies that were coming out and blade kind of falls into that but i remember specifically thinking like blade trinity was basically what venom is blade trinity is basically what morbius uh morbius is like blade trinity is it, it, it's the lower end of these mcu films and if you've seen blade trinity you know what i'm talking about it's not a good movie honestly there's nothing but bad stories out about that film the making of that film uh, the actors everything behind it there's a lot of uh there's a lot of meat on the bones of the story of blade trinity and what ended up happening with that but I also found it very interesting because I felt, and I've said this on social media, I felt that the character of Morbius, Jared Leto's character there, could have absolutely fit in this world, in Blade's world. And I get it. In the comics, Morbius and Blade are more intertwined than, than y'all know about right now. We're not going to really get into that. But I'm just talking about the feel for the movie itself, not going with all the comic shit. And absolutely felt like Morbius could have existed in Blade's universe, especially the universe set up in Blade Trinity and that just kind of reminded me that blade trinity started off actually on some very promising note the first 30 minutes of blade trinity are actually really really enjoyable because we get to see over the course of three movies now just where blade is at blade's done at this point he he doesn't have anybody besides whistler and even whistler he kind of he's casting off at this point he's reckless he's careless 
Like, he's just caring about getting the mission done. Doesn't give a shit at this point about what potentially could be causing the problems with getting this mission completed. And that, of course, leads to his downfall, where the police get involved, and the Night Stalkers have to break him out, and then Dracula gets involved. And it, it was just interesting to me, watching this movie and thinking about how the first 30 minutes of this film actually worked out extremely well, and there's a lot of good story in that, and it just falls apart after that. Um, check it out. If you haven't rewatched Blade Trinity recently, um, I do feel that those first 30 minutes really could have brought us something much, much better um, than what we got. And we did it. But I am really actually hoping Wesley Snipes will come back uh, to the Marvel Universe. He's talked about it for years that he's still interested in that character. He's still Blade is very much still a big, important part to him. We know Marsha Harla uh, Ali has taken over uh, Mahershala. Mahershala, I'm sorry. Mahershala Ali has taken over, uh, taken over the role. Uh, he had a brief cameo at the end of Eternals. And we're getting production ramped up on the movie, which I believe is 2024. I want to say it is. It's either 2023 or 2024. But that's coming up as well, too. And with everything going on with the multiverse in the MCU right now, it's not out of the question to think that Wesley Snipes could show back up as that character. And as there's a lot of speculation right now with Morbius about where is Morbius set, because it's not set in the MCU, obviously. And the ending of Morbius also makes it very clear that we're taking things from the MCU at that point. Um, there's a lot of speculation that, that Morbius could be set in the world of Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And with that, why couldn't Wesley Snipes' Blade take place in that same universe as well, too? So I'm just saying, um, Snipes has absolutely said he would love to come back to the role. And so what would stop him from doing that? is is my question there uh he still looks great he's still in great shape right now as well too uh he could do it i'm just saying so i don't know uh my boy chris uh chris palmer who uh helps produce this show he's responsible for all these lovely graphics and everything that we have here um uh, my my boy chris very much wants to see him back and i'm with you on that chris i'd love to see wesley snipes make a return and uh and and pick that role back up i don't need him to have another movie by any means there uh it'd be cool if he did but i know that's not in the cards but he deserves he deserves even like just a cameo role showing back up and uh i know he recently did a vampire on what we do in the shadows so clearly he's still got the humor about the whole situation as well too so cross our fingers see if we can make it happen so our second and final movie of the night that we're talking is the descent now if you have not heard of the descent the descent is a movie from 2005 which is written and directed by neil marshall and it tells the uh, tells the story of a group of friends sarah juno beth among others who after suffering a tragic tragic loss um decide to go on a uh trip together uh 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 spelunking i think is the term for it. yeah we'll get some spelunking on baby <laughs> So Reno 911 joke, nobody will get that at all unless you've seen that specific episode. Um, but uh, these group of friends decide to go on a spelunking trip together after a big tragedy that they encounter in the uh, Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina. And they find out as they go on this adventure that they have a lot of demons to deal with, both literally and uh, figuratively as well, too. And that is uh, The Descent. Now... Again, 
it was lost on me until uh, until I recorded this here that both of these films came out in the same year. And that's so weird to think of the fact that um, this was released in 2005 and uh, and so was so was the cave. Now, in its defense, I don't think that Ascent actually came out in America until 2006, I want to say. I think it was released uh, overseas, like in United Kingdom in 2005. But that still counts because that had the original ending, which is the one I'm going to talk about today anyway. Uh, but it, anyway, The Descent goes the complete opposite path that The Cave did. The Cave was very much this monster movie, and that's all it was about. There were no other deeper themes at play with The Cave at all. It's, look, you people are trapped in this cave system with all these monsters. Can you make it out alive? Whereas The Descent was very much about this um, this emotional drama, about these issues between all of these uh, all these women in this group together, and this, this death that haunts them, but other secrets that are going to pop up that are also going to cause a lot of problems with them. And that dynamic is absolutely fantastic because while we might not all be able to say that we've been in a situation like that to where, you know, we suffered a loss and then we're, we're handling that all with our group of friends, but there's a lot of tension between all of them. Uh, like maybe we all can't say that, but we've all been in a group with people to where we don't necessarily like everybody that's there. And you're friends with somebody because they're friends with a friend of yours. You don't like them, but you're friends just because that's the polite thing to do. And you notice these terrible things. You know there are terrible things going on, but you're not trying to cause anybody issues. And that's one thing I really, really love about the dynamic of this friendship between all these characters in The Descent. Is that even as uh, things go horrifically wrong for this group, because... The idea is that uh, Sarah's friend, uh, Sarah's husband and her daughter uh, and Sarah are all involved in a car accident. Sarah's husband and daughter are tragically killed. And so again, they go on this spelunking adventure. And as they go throughout this adventure, they're going through this uncharted cave system that their friend Juno has lied to them about because she wants to chart this unnamed system and basically name it after themselves, get a little bit of glory after it. They have very, very selfish thing to do they get trapped in this cave there's a cave in just like in the cave and they just like in the cave find out that they are not alone down there and the film does an amazing job uh it actually reminded me and it's where obviously it came out years and years before this but watching the watching the descent i actually got caught the same feelings i did watching uh the cave recently uh, not the cave uh, uh fresh recently because if you remember what I said about Fresh, uh, Sebastian Stan and Daisy uh, Edgar Jones, I had mentioned that the first 30 minutes of Fresh is a rom-com, okay? It is not horror in the least, but it is a hard rom-com, and it's a good one to the point to where if they didn't make the hard pivot to a horror movie, it would have been perfectly fine regardless. And The Descent keeps that same kind of energy because the first quarter of that film very much like shows you that this movie could have absolutely worked if it was just about this group of women working out their shit with each other after going through something terrible. And I think that speaks to the, the strength of the script. I think that speaks to the strength of the actresses putting this on as well too, that these relationships are so interesting and the drama and the issues and the break between them is so fascinating and interesting that we almost don't need the cave creatures that show up a little bit later uh, because there's already enough terribleness going on between all of them. Um, 
we find out, for example, that one of the members of the group, and I know it's over 10 years, but like, I fucking love this movie. So I'm trying hard not to go deep in the spoilers with it, which I know I don't do that with other movies I love, but like there, there's some good shit to be mined in the descent. And, uh, for example, we find out that one of the characters, uh, was having a adulterous relationship with another character, another character's loved one. And that was going to cause a lot of tension and that other characters, uh, find another character to be absolutely insufferable. Uh, there's a lot of baggage that's going on here with all of them. And there's a lot of split second decisions having to be made to keep all of them alive. And I love the fact that even before, again, these monsters show up, they're already dealing with so much shit. Like the amount of injuries and the amount of pain that all of these women take on, even before the monster shows up and kills one of them, is just insane. And when it does switch to horror, and I remember, remember my reaction in theater, at least to the first death in that film, they go in horror hard at that point neil marshall was a uh, very very much uh, uh sharp about showing you that these women are gonna suffer these women are absolutely gonna get some of the worst shit happening to them that has happened to people on screen in a horror movie before and they do suffer they do absolutely suffer with it and it's interesting because um you know, different characters in the film are responding to these attacks in different ways. And it doesn't really matter because all of them at the end of it, as presented, like it compared to a movie like Predator to where, again, capable group of adults who are fighting off this beast that's hunting them and trying to kill them. Same thing here for the descent to where this is a capable group of women who are having to fight off all these monsters that are attacking them. And we don't know, you know, it's it's a very tense environment because these cave creatures, very different from the ones in the cave. Um, they're very same too, but I mean different in like stature. Like these are uh, these are humanoid creatures that are deformed. You know, they're very pale skin. They haven't seen the sunlight in forever. There's an idea, and again, I make comparisons to the cave, but there's an idea that these cave dwellers are possibly prior explorers who got trapped down there and they ultimately evolved over time into what we're seeing because it's clear these monsters hunt off sound um some kind of possible echolocation as well too they very much have adapted to live in this dark quiet just the environment it's all underground and they're frightening uh one thing it, it, it's very interesting because the monsters in the cave are shown just to be as deadly they have these giant claws giant heads and they're just massive and everything but the small stature of these creatures and the descent shows that they're still just as deadly you know they're pulling stomachs out and they're biting necks off and and they're they're just they're absolutely tearing people apart and that actually only pales in comparison to what some of our what some of our heroes do as well too because our protagonists find out very quickly that the only way that they're going to be able to survive throughout everything that's going on is that they have to become just as vicious as the rest of these monsters are as well and i love that about this story is that we find very quickly that these women have to flip a switch if they're gonna survive because these creatures are not gonna take it easy on them. these creatures are not gonna let them just get out 
and the journey of these women trying to find a way out of this cave and keep their lives it's just such a fascinating one uh it's absolutely terrifying uh i remember being scared in theaters watching this and while it doesn't have the same effect on me these days because this film came out almost 20 years ago at this point um I still do remember those feelings. So when I watch it, I still do have that sense of dread around me. I still do have that thrilling sense around me as things are going on. And I also remember just how fun that movie got the moment the first cave dweller showed up. That movie instantly flipped the switch to being, holy shit, this is a really, really, really good movie to sit back and enjoy, honestly. Um, and I, I'm wondering if anybody felt the same way because, again, such a good movie even before the cave dwellers show up. But the moment that first one does and madness ensues from there, so fucking good. So fucking good. Tell me what you think about that in the comments. Um, to talk about the ending of that movie, though, it's very well known that the ending that we got here in America is not the same that was released, the same that was intended as Neil Marshall wanted overseas. Um, let's put it like this. One ending very much leaves the door open for a sequel, which we did eventually get, unfortunately. And one of them makes it very clear that a sequel is not likely to happen. Uh, and yes, it is fairly easy to tell. I, I don't want to spoil what that ending is going to be either way. Because again, I like this movie so, so much. I'm excited to show this one to y'all on the watch party. And I want y'all to enjoy it for what it is. But... You can't deny the fact, though, that the ending, uh, depending on which ending you got, you got, a, you got more impact with it. You felt a little bit more with certain characters by the time the credits were rolling because a lot of people got betrayed in this movie. A lot of people forget the cave dwellers. There are some big, big issues at play here between a number of our characters here in The Descent. And we get a little bit of catharsis with that towards the end of the movie for sure. Some well-deserved catharsis with these characters by the time the end of the movie rolls around. But that doesn't mean that everything's just suddenly okay. And I like the fact that Neil Marshall takes that time to remind us of that fact. That, hey, that's cool that you've kind of worked out your shit you have going on with each other. There are still bigger problems at play here, unfortunately, that have not been worked through. And here's what those problems are. So I think that is a genius choice to kind of stick with that, that we do end on a damper, no matter no matter which ending. Let me say that, say that, no matter what, this film ends on a downer. It doesn't matter which ending you're gonna get. It's a bummer once you get to the end of this film, for sure. But it's well, well worth the ride. Um, I do think this is absolutely one of the best horror films we've gotten in the last 22 years, for sure. Since the new millennium, this is absolutely one of the best, best horror films that we've gotten. It's scary. It's bloody. It has a fantastic story. It has fantastic characters. Everything about The Descent is such a perfect film. Um, I was having a conversation on Twitter with some people about it and somebody even pointed out the poster to it which all i've seen you know the six girls together forming the skull that's all lit up fan phenomenal poster absolutely phenomenal poster but the imagery throughout the movie is just as amazing as well too especially with sarah as sarah's character uh, starts to get stronger and stronger and stronger and she's fending for herself she's taking care of all these cave dwellers and monsters and everything um sarah gets all these like great like hero shots in the film uh, that just looks so great to the point to where they even recreate one for the descent part two, 
that they used on a lot of their posters and uh, that is pretty badass even though that movie really wasn't uh, but the imagery in this movie is so great and one thing i i especially loved uh with it which we didn't really get in the cave is that this movie all seems like it was naturally lit uh neil marshall did like i don't know how much of it was on set versus in an actual cave or whatever but most of the time the lighting that we're getting seems to be coming from the actual like natural light source that they're using in the film whether it's a torch whether it's a flashlight whether it's a glow stick a flare whatever that seems to be it and i love that because it does add some authenticity to the movie itself it adds a lot more realism to it because i don't know about the rest of anybody else but throughout the movie i'm thinking man the moment they lose that light they are fucked it does not matter what else is going on doesn't matter if all six of them are together they're all alive they all have weapons and shit the moment they lose that light they're done at that point and i love the urgency of that matter because i think it's easy to get lost in the idea that yeah we want them to get out we want them to escape with their lives all they have to do is stay one step ahead of all these monsters that are inside this system and it's not really that simple there's a lot more at play here as we've seen including how are you getting to everywhere like you're in a cave that nobody knows shit about at all there are traps wherever you turn to walk and wherever you turn to look so the descent likes to put these women just in danger no matter which way they're choosing to turn and choosing to look here it's an incredible movie it absolutely has to be seen i wish the uh wish the original cut was available on streaming um the american version is what we got which again it's mostly the same except for the ending but that ending from the uk is just the one that you have to see it is on youtube check it out if you have not seen it already y'all but that is gonna do it for us tonight i know i mentioned i talk about the last of us too but that's not gonna happen unfortunately uh we're gonna save that for uh, another time we'll get in talking a little bit about the last of us part two but make sure you're back here next week because next week we're gonna do something i'm excited to do we're gonna start watching the films of the after dark horror fest film festival i talked about this a few weeks back this is a film festival that started back in 06 07 they went on for a number of years putting out a bunch of really actual fun horror films and i decided we we're going to cover the first couple years of this festival over the course of the next few months so we're getting in to the first four movies of that festival uh i'm excited to visit those with y'all so Get to the Facebook group where you can find out more information on that as well. So you can get onto the Discord and join our watch party. We are watching the rest of the cave right now. And then we're going to go ahead and get started with the descent. So that's it, folks. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, and share. And of course, stay scared.